Good evening and welcome to Faith Talk. I am your host, Lolita Jones. I thank you for joining us during Life Changers Prayer Ministries Consecration. We thanking God because God has been so good to us. We are falling forward as we go forward in 2022. We are reaching for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And we thank God for you tuning in to us. I thank God because tonight is a special night. I want you all to get your notebooks out. Go on and put your dancing shoes on because the preacher himself, Pastor Gregory L. Jones of the Greater Mount Olive Church of God in Christ, Aurora, Illinois, will be ministering on this evening. I want you to tune in because I know God has a word just for you, a word that will encourage you, a word that will help build you up in the faith, a word that will give you hope in this time that we're going through. I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, I kept clenching onto my hope. I clenched onto my hope because my hope is anchored in the Lord God Almighty. And I thank God that no matter what God is bringing me out, he's bringing me through. And I'm not just coming by myself. I'm bringing people along with me so their faith can be in, increased day by day, knowing that God is on our side. I want you to enjoy as we go forward in service on this evening. And I present to you, I introduce to some and present to others, Pastor Gregory L. Jones of the Greater Mount Olive Church of God in Christ in the beautiful city of Aurora, Illinois. God bless you. Man, God bless you, Evangelist Jones. Father God, I thank you for being the lover of our souls, the lifter of our hearts, the binder of our hearts as well. Lord, have your way in our lives and help us to be who and what you want us to be. Speak through me. And, Lord, let something be said that will encourage someone to go farther and to work harder in your service. In Jesus' name, amen. You will find me in Proverbs 13 and 12, Zechariah 9 and 12, and Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. That's Proverbs 13 and 12, Zechariah. 9, 12, and Hebrews 6, 18, and 19. And it reads as follows, Hope deferred make the heart, maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is as a tree of life. Zechariah 9 and 12 says, Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope, even today, do I declare that I will render double unto thee. And Hebrews six eighteen and 19 says, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. My subject is anchored to hope. By definition, hope is to trust in, wait for, look for, or desire something or someone, or to expect something beneficial 
in the no, future. An anchor is usually a metal device that is attached to a ship or a boat by a cable and cast overboard to hold the ship in a particular place. Once the captain arrives at its destination, he will put down the anchor. That way he won't drift or end up where he doesn't want to be. Do you have your anchor down? Do you have that hope, that expectancy, that your dreams are coming to pass, that your wilderness is not eternal? Or have you pulled your anchor up? and drifted into doubt, mediocrity, not expecting anything good, I want to encourage you to put your anchor back down. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can't have faith if you don't first have hope. You have to believe that God uh, has what God has put in your heart will come to pass. The prophet Zechariah said it this way, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope, and I will restore double what you lost. A prisoner can't get away. They are anchored to their con place of confinement. You should be discouraged, but still you believe. Israel should have given up, but hope wouldn't allow them to surrender to the circumstances that they found themselves in. The New Testament is full of exhortations to hope perfectly. It is regarded as one of three virtues which sum up all Christian goodness as found in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 faith, hope, and charity. In one place, the apostle lays upon it the whole weight of our salvation, for he says we are saved by hope in Romans 8 and 24. Proverbs 13 and 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. There may appear to be many reasons why your situation will not work out. Delay starts feeling like denial. Trust gives way to doubt. Patience gets bullied by anxiety. Abraham waited 15 years for the fulfillment of God's promise. And actually, if you go back even further, you would say it was probably more like 25 years. It's never been done before is something he could have said, or it's been too long, so surely it won't happen, or I'm too old, or she's too old. The factory has been shut down. Are you drifting? Things like doubt, worry, and negativity are signs of drifting. The currents of life can cause you to drift. If we don't keep our anchor down and full of hope, then little by little we start drifting, getting negative and discouraged. I don't think I'll ever have a baby. It's been so long. I'll never get well. 
I'll never meet that right person. Perhaps you've become bitter because you had a bad break or a person did you wrong. You used to be loving and kind, but now you're sour and unpleasant to be around. You used to believe that God was in control, knowing that he was taking care of you. But you pulled up your anchor, and you've drifted into worry. You're stressed out all the time. You can become anchored to negativity, discouragement, tainted perspective, bitterness, self-pity, a chip on your shoulder, talking about how fair, unfair life has been to you. I'm not making light of what has happened, but the good news is that you can get back to where you're supposed to be. You can put that anchor of hope down and start believing again, start expecting his goodness and blessings. So often it's so easy to think that what is always will be, especially when what is is negative, when it's discouraging, when it doesn't look good, it doesn't feel good, and it's been going on for a while. It has been said that in the boxing arena, it's typically not one blow that causes one to succumb to their opponent but it's the compilation of blows. What do you mean, preacher? I mean that sometimes when you're going through and you think, okay, I think I can, can handle this burden. I think I can stand up under the weight of this tribulation. But before you can get your, your bearings good, here comes another thing and then another thing. And after a while, you find yourself almost punched, drunk, by the onslaught of being buffeted by one thing after another thing before you can recover from the previous thing. But I need to let you know that just as when a man's eye is fixed upon the reddening dawn of the morning sky, all the trees and objects between him and it are toned down into one uniform blackness and they will dwindle into comparative insignificance. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying is this. Everything looks worse in the dark. Everything looks intimidating in the dark. But I've learned that if you hold on, the sun will shine, and that thing that looks so horrifying in the night becomes Nothing of consequence when the daylight shines upon it. I'm not talking about the moon and the sun, but I'm really talking about when God shines his light on what it is that you are faced with. And the other thing I need you to remember is that when you find yourself in the shadows of despair, in the shadows of opposition, know this one thing. You can never see a shadow where there is no light. And because you can see the shadow, it means the light of God is nearby. Now, it's not so hard 
to bear sorrow when the light of great hope makes the endurance but for a little moment. And the exceeding eternal weight of glory becomes more conspicuous than it. It's not so hard to do duty when a great hope makes the action for the time sublime and makes difficulties dwindle and hardships sweet. It's not so hard to resist temptations when temptations have had their dazzling light dimmed by the greater brightness of the hope revealed. He that has anchored himself to Christ may be calm in sorrow and triumphant over temptation. There are two immutable things upon which we build our hope. One is God's promise and oath. That is that he cannot lie. And if he said that victory shall be ours, then victory shall indeed be ours. And the other thing is that the reality of Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, and intercession. He didn't just come here and do what he had to do, but even now he's pleading our case before the Father. And even now the comforter that he left with us is making intercession for us as well with groanings which cannot be uttered. But the Father, who is the master translator, knows exactly what the Spirit is saying on our behalf. As a matter of fact, when we know not what to pray for, when we feel like maybe we can't even uh, factor a prayer in our minds, maybe we feel like uh, a prayer just eludes us when we find ourselves perplexed and, and almost overwhelmed by the onslaught of life, um, the Holy Spirit that dwells richly in us will take up a groaning and plead our case and I don't know about you, but I am truly glad for that fact. Uh, when you are anchored to hope, negative circumstances won't cause you to worry. Um, you can't see how your dream will come true, but don't give up. You may suffer disappointment, but don't get bitter. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When you're anchored to hope, it doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties. It means that when those difficulties come, you won't drift. The anchor is said to be useless if it's not fastened to a strong rope or chain. All the faithfulness of the divine nature and all the grandeur of the promises which Christ gives and is are not to us unless we attach ourselves to them by setting our hopes there. I'm moving more rapidly than I anticipated, so I'm, I probably won't take up a whole lot more of your time, but I, I'm reminded of a woman who used to be at Greater Mount Olive. Her name was Mother Bertha Lee Amos. And one of her main things she would say when the spirit would move upon her, she would holler out one word, and that was hope. And, you know, I often wondered why the saints of old used to say that 
this person or that person hoped them, I would say to myself, they must mean that the person helped them. Then I ran across the story that cleared up the matter for me. There was a young man who went off to college and fared very well. His mind was like a sponge absorbing the lessons of his professors. When he came home for summer break, he attended his church service, and one of the mothers began testifying about how one of the members hoped her. When the service was concluded, the young man made his way to the mother and greeted her ever so kindly. He politely said to her that he enjoyed her testimony and then mentioned that she probably meant to say that the person helped her instead of saying that they hoped her. The old mother pleasantly thanked the young man and went on her way. A couple Sundays later, while attending church, the same mother testified again and mentioned how the sermon that the pastor had preached had hoped her. Well, as you might expect, the young college student made his way to the mother again. He complimented her outfit and her hairdo. He said, Mother, I noticed that once again, you said someone hoped you when you really meant that they helped you. The old mother looked at the young man and smiled and said, Son, I meant exactly what I said. The young man stood there looking confused. He said, Ma'am, I mean no disrespect, but that's not good grammar. The old lady said, since you insist on correcting me, let me explain. Hope is what you hold on to until help arrives. And I close with this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. He is the rock of my salvation. He is the restorer of my soul. He is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is my kinsman redeemer. He is the hope of glory. And when the winds of life blow, when we find ourselves pummeled by the pressure of promise, when we find ourselves distracted by the delays that life will present, when we understand that it, things won't always look good, but we have this hope in one that is able to turn things around. We have this hope in one that's able to change the tapestry upon which we are trotting. He's able to give us victory when it looks like certain defeat. He's able to fill in the blank spaces in our lives 
the voids and those places, those dry places that, that need the perspiration of the Holy Spirit, that need the watering of the Lord. He's able to come in. And so it is with hope that we find ourselves looking and marching forward. It is with the hope of glory that we find ourselves saying, I will believe God and trust him when I can't trace him. Sometimes we hear God frequently. His word will speak to us. He will speak to us through the preached word. He'll speak to us even through a psalm. But there comes times when we can't seem to hear from him. But because of our hope, we will hold on and know that he reinforcements will come. We will hold on and understand that God is more than able to set things right. We understand that, yes, there may be some setbacks, and yes, there may be some dis, uh, dilemmas, but when the Lord comes in, he brings and refreshes us with his hope. I want to encourage you to know that it, it's all right to have hope in, you know, your ability. It, it's all right to have hope in the things that you have attained, but I challenge you to have hope in something that's solid because your ability will change over time. Your possessions will tarnish and, and sometimes even deteriorate over time. But when you have hope in the rock of salvation, when you are anchored to the one that's able to stop the lion's jaws and take the heat out of the fire, when you have hope that in the one that holds the heart of the king in his hand and he's able to turn it whichever way he would, then you don't have to crumble and capitulate when you find yourself under the burden of opposition. You don't have to become uh, discouraged when you feel like you are outmanned and outnumbered. You don't have to uh, take shelter because the enemy is throwing darts at you. But when you know that you have an anchor, and no matter how the storm blows, and no matter how the wind beats upon you, when you are anchored in the hope that Jesus will never leave you, when you're anchored in the hope that he will never forsake you, then you can stand sure and you can do like the children of Israel did when they found themselves being chased by the enemy and they saw what seemed to be an insurmountable obstacle before them. They were instructed to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And no matter what you're going through, I want you to know that if your hope is anchored and if your life is anchored in hope, and that hope is built on Jesus, then your foundation is sure, and nothing can move you. You'll be like the tree planted by the river of waters, and when the wind blows, you will not be moved, and when the storms come, you will not be affected. You may have to take shelter. But if you do, let it be in the secret place of the Almighty, because he's our everything. He's the axis around which our world revolves. 
He is the battle axe. He is a rock in a weary land. And I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this open door. And I ask that you pray my strength. But I want you to know that I have an anchor in hope. And I choose to believe the report of the Lord, even when the enemy is trying to print false news, is trying to say that we are defeated, but we need to remind ourselves that Satan was defeated years ago, and the only thing he can do right now is operate in the power that we permit him. But I say to you, keep your anchor in hope, and you'll be able to stand in spite of having done all to stand. Keep your anchor in hope, because hope is what you hold on to until help arrives. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Jones. Pastor Jones, thank you so much. I want you to close and pray a blessing over us for you to do the closing prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you are. We thank you, Lord, for being the substance of what we hope for. We thank you, Lord, for every person that joined on this line. And God, you see the manifold needs that are represented well, you know what each person, uh, the request spoken and unspoken. Lord, I ask even now that you would open doors that need opening, that you would strengthen those that need strength, that you would encourage those that need encouraging. Lord, that you would touch the children of the saints and give them a mind to seek you while you may be found. Lord, touch even the grandchildren of the saints and great-grands, if that be the case. But, Lord, I ask that you would season the atmosphere that your people abide within. And, God, help us to also be seasons in the atmosphere. Help us to usher in an environment that is conducive for your word to be fertilizing. And, Lord, help us to live so people will see you in us. Help us to be mirrors that rightly reflect your image. Lord, help us to be vessels that you can use anytime and anywhere. And, Lord, bless Evangelist Jones for this undertaking. Lord, you see the time that she's invested. You see the energy that she has invested. And, God, we don't know, we don't know what she contends with, but we know that as long as we are living, we have to contend with things. And I ask that you would take up her warfare. Lord, that you would save her children. If she has any unsaved children, I ask that you would save them. Lord, I ask that you would come in and open doors for her and for those that undergird her in this undertaking. Lord, look on those that are looking for or wanting companionship. Send the right man or send the right woman. Lord, look on those business owners and entrepreneurs that are on the line Lord, bless them with a business plan that will work, that will allow them to thrive, even in this economy, even in this climate. Lord, look on our frontline workers 
and everyone that has no choice but to be exposed to people and keep them safe, cover them with your blood, bind the enemy that would come against them, Lord. You're able to do that. Lord, turn the heart of our young people to you. Lord, there are some that seem like they may have an inkling to hear you, and then there's others that seem like they don't want anything to do with you. But, God, give them unknowing. Give them to know that you are the absolute best thing that could ever happen to their lives. Lord, don't let them chase fool's gold. Fool's gold could be them trying to succumb to peer pressure. It could be them trying to be the in, in the in crowd and, and being looked at as a, a junior thug or, or the girlfriend of a junior thug or the boyfriend of a, a junior thug, whatever the case may be. But, Lord, I ask that you would give them a knowing and help them realize that there's more to this life than than flashing money. There's more to this life than living and having to look over your shoulder. But give them to come to you, Lord, and to see you as the answer to the questions that they've been trying to ask. Oh, God, look on every pastor that's on the line. I bless their ministries. Oh, God, give them the strategies, the tactics as to how to promote the kingdom of God even the more. Oh, God, every mother, every evangelist, every missionary, every supervisor. Oh, God, look on every first lady. Oh, Lord, and, and, and if it's a female pastor, look on that first man of the church. But, Lord, I ask that you would just come in and help your people, that you would do what only you can do, that you would heal those that need healing, whether it be physical, financial, emotional, oh, God, or spiritual healing. Whatever the case may be, you're able to do it, and we trust you, God. You are the axis around which our world revolves. Our worlds don't work without you, Lord, and we thank you for a knowledge of that fact. Lord, search us, and if there be anything in or about us that's not pleasing to you, God, give us an understanding of what that is, and then help us to have the courage and conviction to amend our ways because we want to be pleasing to you, God. We don't want anything between our souls and you. But, Lord, stretch out in us and help us to make room for you in our lives. Help us to give you priority. Lord, we understand that no one likes to be an afterthought, and we don't want to treat you like one. No one wants to be the fallback plan. We don't want to treat you like one. But, Lord, you are the best thing that has ever happened to us. And because of that, we want to give you glory. Because of that, we want to be vessels unto honor. Not that we get glory, not that we get recognition, but unto honor. By that, we mean, God, that we'll honor you through our doing. We'll honor you through our lives. Honor you through the words that we speak. Honor you through the posture that we carry. And, God, we just thank you the more. We ask that you would bless every church that is being hindered by COVID. Ministries are shutting down, Lord, and I pray that you would sustain those ministries, that you would resurrect them or at least help them to partner with another ministry that's still going on. Lord, encourage the hearts of leaders. Give them to know that when they feel they're not enough, they serve a God that's more than enough. Give them to know, God, that when they feel they're inadequate, they serve a God that is able to use the ordinary to do extraordinary things. And, Lord, we understand that it's not by our might or by our power, but it's by your spirit. It's when your spirit operates within us 
that we become able to lead your people. It's when your spirit operates within us that we become vessels that can be utilized by you readily. And, Lord, we just ask that you would have your way in us. Let our will be bowed down in submission to yours. Help us to set our agenda aside and take up yours, Lord. Let your purpose be accomplished in our lives. Let your glory be revealed. And God, bind the enemy that abides within as well as without. Because Paul said he understood that there was another member within him. And we all have that other member that wants to have it their way, that wants to do things the way they want to do it. But, Lord, help us to feed the spirit man so that he is mightier than the natural man that would try to resist him. And, God, we just ask that you bless us as we prosper in this pandemic. And, yes, that's what we're saying. We are prospering in the pandemic because we hold hands with the one who holds all prosperity. We hold hands with the one who has all power in his hands. We hold hands with the one who can turn things and change things in the blink of an eye. So we will not stagger when it looks like we are facing some type of um, distorted or or some type of um, problem that would challenge the vision that you've given pastors for the direction of their churches. We will not stagger. And, Lord, we just trust you with our everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us this evening for our live prayer session, Words to Encourage You. I ask you to follow us, subscribe right here to um, our podcast. You can subscribe also to our YouTube channel, Life Changers Ministries, LCM. Um, You can also like us on Facebook, Life Changers Ministries, LCM. And until the next time, may God bless you. May the fire of his healing anointing saturate you. And may this 2022 brand new year for you be prosperous and full of joy. God bless you.